Hey, welcome back. Another day, another vlog. Well, I stuffed up me days, and I told you Wednesday. I thought it was. I thought it was Thursday, which I was wrong. <laughs> um, great to have you back. Uh, hope you're ready to go for a nice, relaxing weekend. If you've been working all week, um, yeah, it's Friday. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was just two days flat out uh, fixing up the house. I sort of. Got me days all completely wrong. Sorry for stuffing yous around. Um, obviously, I thought it was going to be Friday yesterday. Obviously, yesterday there was no show because by the time we finished the house, we had to go and look at a new house in the afternoon and then drive all the way back to where we live. We didn't get back till late that night. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't have a chance to get a show done yesterday. But today, no dramas. All good. Back ready for Friday it's been chaotic. I know the last, since the start of the year, it's been a sort of a bit of a craziness. Um, bear with us. I guess once we sell the other house and then find a house and we've got an offer going on one this weekend, fingers crossed, um, we might actually finally be able to settle down and I could sort of get some sort of routine back. Um, and on holidays too, so craziness as well. There's things happening. I'm getting to play with Jack every day, which is, as a dad's, just amazing and awesome, and I love it, so very cool. Barrett Classic's coming up. Uh, lots more to go. Uh, Tureg had a couple of big runs and went really well, so pretty happy with how that's all gone, so very, very cool. Other than that, the other stuff up I had, and I, I think it was because I was trying to do it yesterday or the day before, is... I missed up my times for the Friday release for the premiere. It actually was, I put it for 8.30, but it was 8.30 this morning. <laughs> Brain explosion. Um, <laughs> so if you haven't already seen it, um, if you didn't have it on set reminder, obviously you can go in there over the weekend and catch up and see day three of our South Coast adventure. Down the South Coast of WA, beautiful spot. This episode is Mammoth Caves and the Amaze Maze just outside of Margaret River. Beautiful spot, great little family day. Jack had a ball, he's big enough now to go through a cave. Um, if you've ever seen that uh, early on cave I did when he was only, a, I think about one and a half or two, uh, it was pretty tricky and dicey with him. <laughs> but uh, he had a ball with this one and he's asked about bones and the, the jawbone and stuff that's in Mammoth Cave that you can see he wanted to see all the different things. He wanted to drag me around. So it was pretty cool and some nice photos. And so quite surprisingly, the iPhone 12 up against the RP. Uh, I've got a couple of comparison shots in there. So iPhone, the only real difference, if you look at them as like just their normal photos, they're pretty good. If you zoom into them, you'll see the difference between the RP and the iPhone. The iPhone breaks up and comes very pixelated but the RP is actually got holds that image together and that 30 megapixels makes a big, big difference. Um, overall, a little bit different feel to them, but look, that iPhone 12 Pro is super impressive uh, for something you can run and gun and just get normal everyday photos where you're not going into fine detail like I do with my landscape stuff. It does a bloody great job and super impressed. The low light video on it is amazing, as long as you don't go to the ultra wide. The ultra wide is pretty average. No, no, the ultra, yeah, the ultra wide's no good. Normal mode and zoom mode, 
is really good low light. But I will say something I have noticed in a lot of my videos and it has tricked me up and I've got to be aware of it when I'm filming. If you change, if you're in the middle of a video and you change, if you zoom in or go wide, it changes your voice, your recording. For some reason, even though I've got it plugged in, going through my road through the, um, this one here that I'm tapping, which is probably driving nuts, um, or going through the, the actual shotgun mic, for some reason, it makes it, if you zoom in, it feels like you're away. I don't know if that was intentional by Apple, but it's pain in the butt. Uh, Apple, if you're watching, that needs to be addressed in an update. Um, the sound should sound the same, no matter if I'm zooming in or zooming out, why is the sound different on the zooms? Very, very weird. Um, I'm not sure if that's something I can fix. If someone does know, let me know down in the comments. That'd be good if I can work out a solution, but very, very annoying. And something I've got to be aware, so when I zoom out, I've got to speak louder and you basically yell at you just to get the same. So yeah, it's a little, little bit tricky in that regards. Um, other than that, a fair bit of news, I'm gonna get into it. The big one, um, the release, the Sigma release we talked about the other day, possible FPL, well it released, and yeah, some sort of, it's a tricky one. 60, it's a Sony 60 megapixel sensor. It's the uh, back focus um, sensor, 60 megapixel. They didn't really give too much details, like specific details on the camera still side. Um, look, size-wise, it's only five grams heavier. You, you get an EVF now with it. You get to buy separate, the total package, because there's no way as a photographer you're going to buy it without the EVF is $3,000. Um, waterproof, dustproof, uh, it's got an optical low pass filter on there to, to make images clear, which is fantastic. The biggest one and the biggest concern I have with it has a, as a photography tool is it's running contrast and phase detect the same hybrid system, the same as the Nikon Z7, which is by nowhere means close to being a good autofocus system. With Sigma's relationship to Sony, I don't know why they didn't reach out and see if they could borrow Sony's autofocus algorithm or whatever they do because having this contrast and phase detect is a is gonna be it's gonna hurt them because as the Sony and Cameron Canon autofocus is amazing. They're amazing for wildlife, for people doing weddings and all that. It's just covered so much range where it makes professionals jobs easier. It makes amateurs like myself look professional by constantly getting perfect focus. Uh, it makes wildlife photographers get that perfect shot when they might only have a window this big. Uh, so it's focus is huge. You've got to get focus right. Panasonic's is terrible. Nikon's is terrible and it's hurting their business. Sigma brings out this beautiful big sensor, perfect for landscape photography. Very similar sensor, same price as the A7R4, but the A7R4 is the same. It's got the autofocus, so yeah. So look, I've watched a couple of reviews on it. Um, Photography-wise, Gerald Undone said, don't even worry about it. Photography, it's nowhere near a comparison to A7R4. I sort of, not having used it, he's used it. I've got to take someone, he's a pretty honest guy. Um, I've watched a couple of others on it, on the release. The release, they really didn't go into the photography side. 
They brought out an EVF for it, so you'd think it's a photography. It's got that big megapixel sensor, which is sort of lends itself to landscape photography, but it, they didn't really push it as a photography. Um, and then they come out with <laughs> the video specs. It's like, hang on, you've got the FPs, a video one. Why didn't you make this a like a still image one in the same format, but a still image so you cover both sides? And they haven't really done that. So video look video wise, it's got some good stuff. It's got um, three raw formats you can form in: Cinema, DNG, ProRes RAW, and Blackmagic. So that's pretty cool in that regards. 12-bit 4K, awesome. That's internal recording. You can do external recording if you have to as well. Still 12-bit 4K. Um, the EVF is only a 3.68 million dot. It's not even like a high level one. So again, that on the photography side, I'll step one back, go back one step, sorry. I did my notes in the wrong spot. Um, yeah, that EVF, like you're paying, I think it's $300 US or 200 bucks US. And this thing's not even like a high level EVF. It's 3.68, that needs to be around the six, six to nine million to be in the, in the ballpark of the like, Sony's and stuff like they're six to nine million now, so uh, crazy. Uh, that EVF is another 114 grams as well. So you go from 320 of the FP to 439, 439 if you go the FPL with the EVF. So it does take it up a little bit, but uh, like it, I don't know why you buy the EVF because it's not really a still camera <laughs> yet again. It's it's a little bit crazy. Um, yes, yeah, sorry, the EVF is 700 US dollars, 700 US for only 3.68 million dots, it's pretty, pretty bad. So total package is 3,000, if you buy them separate, it's 2,500 for the camera, 700 for the EVF, so you save 200, uh, that's where I got me 200 from, save 200 if you buy the bundle, but oh, it's, it's a tricky, tricky thing. Now look, 12-bit 4K that's that's a video spec. That's a that's a like a that's a really good video camera. It's a perfect size. So why didn't it FP become a video set and the L become a, a set? Realistically, it's just a upgraded video camera with I guess a little bit better photography options, but not really. Uh, you can use it as a director's mode. There's different settings in there. So if you're a director. You can use it in there, so it's got some professional things that are quite handy. Those are coming also in firmware for the FP, so it's sort of FP is your entry point. I guess FPL is a little bit better, but still not a stills photography. For a company that makes amazing lenses uh, and trying to get into the body, uh, they really need a dedicated camera, a photographer's camera, and I thought why would you need, I don't think you really need that 60 megapixels for video. I think realistically you could easily get away with 20 or 30 megapixels to get that better low light as well. So that's something that no one's really discussed that low light. I haven't had a chance to check that out as well. I've got to do some more research. So overall, it's the exact same price as that A7R4. We know how good that is. That is a landscapes photographer's Fantastic camera. It's, it's up there with the R5, the R6, the A7R4, A7S3. They're all in that same category. They're a little bit more expensive. But the A7R4, that's now getting older. You can get them secondhand, so it's going to be even be cheaper. 
that's a tough, tough, tough call to go for this. So it's very, very tricky. But anyway, we'll see what happens. See what happens and see after a few more reviews and once people get it going and we see a month or two of it and see what photos he gets out. Uh, Canon on Canon side, room at CR2 on Canon rumors. So that means it's pretty much good to go. We're gonna get a plus 100 megapixel EOS R range camera. So we, we heard about like an, ES, an R5 II or an R5S as a higher megapixel or landscape like the old 5DS. This will replace that old 5DS and 5DSR. I had the 1DS, which was fantastic. It was a high megapixel version. Very cool uh, for the first generation. They're looking, originally it was gonna be around 80. They're saying it's gonna be north of 100 megapixels minimum. Um, so it's gonna be quality. You, you're gonna get that autofocus that you get from Canon. Uh, they're talking 2022, but so another year, probably until we see that one, maybe this time next year. So never know, it might come in that second half of the big, but they've got a lot on their plate at the moment. And there's a lot of issues logistically wise around the planet. So maybe Canon might just push this one in the back burner and let it be a slow burn, but we know it's definitely coming. It's just when it's gonna come out. So 100 megapixels plus coming to a Canon near you. So that's pretty awesome for you, uh, us landscape people. Very excited. Um, Canon has joined with Tokyo Electron uh, Screen Semiconductor Solutions in Japan. Japanese government funded, funded this. It's uh, 386 million US dollars they've put into it. Japan wants these tech giants to bring them back into the chip age. Um, obviously, you've got your big boys that make all the Apple chips, the M1s and all that. The Taiwanese are doing great things. They're way in front of everyone, South Korea, all that sort of stuff. Well, they want Japan to get back in and become the number one chip, the chip gurus. Um, they've sunk, I guess, nearly half a billion US dollars into it. And they, they reckon they're going to have by the mid 2020s. So that's only another four years. I don't know. I'll look to watch for a year. <laughs> um, the next four or five years, they want to have a two nanometer chip coming out through this uh, collaboration between the three tech giants in Japan. So that's pretty interesting. Now, if Canon's getting into that, just think the flow on technology into your camera. Um, Processes and the chips run everything, the Digic 8, the Digic 10. If you've got a fast, powerful chip, we've seen what the M1 did for Apple. Now imagine if Canon can bring something similar power specs as an M1 and put it in the camera, uh, reduce heat, reduce power, longer battery life, more ability to limit unlimited shooting, higher speed shooting, all that sort of stuff. That's pretty awesome. So something to look forward to there. That's gonna be pretty special. Great to see the Japanese government thinking ahead and thinking of the future and thinking, hey, we need to get back on top. That's pretty cool. Australian government, you can probably learn a bit of a thing. We need to get in the renewable energy sector, I think, similar sort of fashion. Sink some money into that instead of wasting it on stupid stuff to keep people in a job that they don't have. So yeah, anyway, another story. Um, also, look, other big news from Canon. Uh, there's a patent for found for a 12, 14 and a 20 mil f 2.8 lenses on the RF mount. Yes, uh, that's what I want. Give me a, give me a, I'd love a 12 mil. Give me a 12 mil RF 
dedicated amount. I'd be happy to save up and sink some money into that. I love a good widescreen lens uh, to be able to get some beautiful Astro stuff. 2.8's perfect. I'm quite happy with that. Get on RF, it'd be super sharp. Uh, so much fun you could do with that lens. Pretty darn cool. And that's about it. Uh, great news there, 100 megapixel camera from Canon. That's insane. Maybe I can trade in the RP on that. Give me that with that 12 mil, 2.8. Oh, that should hopefully, I'm thinking that 2.8 might be out this year. Those wide angles will be perfect for the RF. That mass lens uh, release they're gonna do in the second half at the NAB, so that'll be pretty cool. Uh, fingers crossed on that. Uh, obviously the 100 megapixels not until next year. That's good, I'm gonna need some cash. That's gonna be probably R5 price, probably six or seven grand, I guess. Australian, so yeah, a little bit X-y on that, but uh, look, um, won't be too bad realistically for 100 megapixels. We're talking uh, medium format sort of range if we do hit that 100 megapixel barrier in the full frame. So that, that is a pretty cool concept. That's about it. Um, go watch the video, day three, Mammoth Cave, beautiful spot in one of many, many beautiful caves in WA. You need to go check them out if you visit WA once it's crazy COVID things over and you get a chance to travel again, definitely recommend them. Even on a hot day, it's beautiful and cool down there and you'll love it, so enjoy that. Hope you enjoyed the video. I will see you all again Monday. Thanks for stopping by. If you're going this way, that way, I'll catch you on Monday. Peace.